Hey there, Mike. Hey. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to I wanted to talk about uh, a post that I recently posted up on the website uh, that had to do with with erasing erasing things and starting fresh uh, digitally, uh, and also at another level had uh, some thoughts in about. Um, second selves and cyborgs and you know a lot of these other kind of uh new buzzwords that are that are popping up to kind of describe uh the rapid shift that is happening due to technology and what it now allows us to do as as humans and as as a people um and I got some, you know, I have some interesting, you know, ideas about this, or I, I find they're interesting. <laughs> Who knows if anyone else will? Um, but, um, but I so I uh, basically, you know, the the general thought that kind of is going around this idea is that that things like Twitter and Facebook and the sorts of connections long distance that we're building on there like like you and me for instance you know yep. i would consider you a friend yeah never have met you in actual real life nope. right you're six thousand miles away from me mm-hmm. yet i certainly would consider you a friend and i'm sure you would you would probably feel the same about me i agreed and uh and uh the Internet and the technologies that are now available to us allow us to build these sorts of relationships all from a device that we carry around in our pockets. I'm going to have to steal a quote early. Um, what you mentioned to me um, a TED Talk, which I'm sure you'll pop on the, on the show notes for this, um, by someone called, a lady called Amber Case. Yeah, um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's a great TED Talk. And she mentioned something that she says that sort of tech isn't taking over it's it allows us to be more human yes and i just think it's fantastic and that sort of sort of goes into what you were just saying it allows me and you to build a friend relationship that never could have happened because if it wasn't for the internet we would never have ever ever come into contact it wouldn't have happened yes and um uh, yeah, basically what she says is, uh, and I I really want to quote this exactly because I think that the wording is important, and that is that she says it's, and here's the quote, increasing our humanness. Yeah. Which goes back to this whole idea of augmented humanity, i.e. that these tools and this technology is augmenting us you know that brings us back to uh basically the name of the talk is we are all cyborgs now and the way that she describes a cyborg one definition of cyborg is an organism to which exogenous components have been added for the purpose of adapting to new environments and if our current state of mobile phones and ipads and my Fitbit and <laughs> things like that aren't perfect examples of this kind of technology or th- this this idea 
um, then I don't know what is. I mean, granted, they're not being physically attached to us, well. and physically <laughs> added to us. Well, they they are, and they are. You know, I, you know what I mean biologically. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like we're walking around like the Borg, where this stuff <laughs> is kind of you know integrated into us. But um, uh, and uh, but in a certain extent, it's not too far off. Um, you know, one of the interesting corollaries there, you know, is with the Borg is that, you know, uh, uh, if you remember the uh, the episode where where uh, you know Picard gets taken and turned into a Borg or whatever, um, uh, I'd have to go back and watch it. But I I think there's a statement in there about like you know he still has some of the Borg components because they they became a part of him, mm-hmm. right? And, and and that that was impossible to to remove without killing him, you know. And, and you know he it became more and more, you know. And and that that's the idea of a, of a true kind of cyborg in the sci-fi sense of the word is that these extraneous pieces actually become so much part of you that it's really it's impossible to survive without them. Yep. How many people feel that way about their smartphones? I definitely do. That's why I laughed when when I said that. You know, I definitely feel that it is a part of me. Yeah, uh, that's why I laughed when I said that. You know, when you said it's not physically attached. I mean, if you see me <laughs> yesterday, I had to find, I had to go to a meeting yesterday. Um, I got out, I was far too early, but I didn't know where the meeting was, and I went to get a coffee beforehand. Now, if this was five years ago, I would have had an A to Z, which would take me to the meeting. If there, if I saw a Starbucks on the way good stuff if not i'd have to wait and get the crappy stuff that they'd serve me but because i have my iphone i was able to plot my route using google maps and use google places to find where nearest starbucks was mm. so i was able to, to to go about other things i was half an hour early so then i sat in the waiting area tweeting yeah you know and because and and and, 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 and through that act you know Catching up with you with your friends in real yep. time, catching up with what they're doing and knowing a whole lot about them, um, that there's no way that before this technology could you could have ever known. And the craziest thing is, ninety five percent of the people in my Twitter are not people I know in real life or have ever met, but I consider them friends and want to know what they're up to. Yeah, yeah, and. and it is increasing our humanness. It is increasing our ability to form actual human connections. And, and you know, I think that this is kind of a part of the idea of, um, of the, the second self uh, as it has come to be coined. But basically, um, and Amber Case actually uses that term in her, in her video, uh, um, my friend. And once again, I call him a friend. I've, you know, known him, uh, known him about a month and only through online interactions. But he would argue probably the same or say the same. But uh, Ev Bogue uh, is, you know, kind of one of, the, uh, you know, he's really kind of taking this to the next level and, and really kind of, um, uh, you know, basically kind of tore everything that he had built down, which kind of gets back to the point of erasing. And we'll, we'll get back to it in a second. Basically erased his, his old 
blog and his old site and said, okay, I'm done talking about that stuff because that stuff – that stuff is is the past, and it, it has evolved me to this new point where I really believe that this is kind of where the where the present future is, um, and you know, I, I kind of respect that idea. But uh, I digress. Um, but the idea that that by through our use of Twitter, through our use of Facebook, yeah, we're teaching advertisers a whole lot about the things that we buy and the things we're interested in. But we're also kind of doing something else, and that is that we are increasingly teaching technology who we are so that technology can respond in ways that are appropriate. And, and, uh, and, and I find that whole idea fascinating, and it's one of the, one of the premises I tried to put across in my post about, you know, what if I were to just erase my entire site, for instance, just erase it, walk away. You know, the fact is, is that I've already used the site to not only, you know, uh, not only have people taken that information, commented on it, linked back to it, reblogged it in whole or in part, um, but even more importantly, and this goes to the increasing our humanness, they've read some of the things I've put up there, they've taken it to heart, and they've put it into their own practice. And now they are talking to others about this stuff and how to take it to heart and put it into practice. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in a many ways, once, once the post is up, it's out of my control at that point, it's out of my hands and it actually belongs out there to my quote unquote second self. Right. That, that, that it is a representation of me and what I have to say that's now out there for anyone to interact with and to take away from in the same way that someone could listen to this conversation and, or have a conversation with me and interact with, with what I have to say and take, take ideas away from that. Right. Um, thus allowing me to be present and human, um, outside of, uh, and beyond the physical space. And beyond and beyond time, right? Because, you know, I still get messages from people. I just got one last week. Someone sent me an email saying, you know, wow, thank you for that season of stuff post that you posted a couple of Christmases ago. <laughs> you know, you should put that up every single day because people need to need to 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 have that kind of view about consumption because it's killing our world. And you know, and it's like two years ago. Yeah. But to him, it's today, right? You know, and and to him, it's me talking today, despite the fact it was something I said two years ago. So it's even causing, in a lot of ways, and this is all like our putting our own terms and our own ideas, and this is really nothing new, and it's nothing different than someone reading a book, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, um, and. Uh, you know, some self-help book or whatever, but you know what I mean? It, it, the, so, but what has changed is that the technology now allows that to have a reach 
that is so much further and so much broader than we, and so much faster than we ever could have imagined before. Um, and in a lot of ways, um, while at the same time it is increasing our humanness, as Amber Case puts it, if we want to work on evolving and increasing that humanness on a personal level and cultivating it, we need to make the time to break away and to have some time for self-reflection and to actually work on what's inside of us because the only way that we can teach this machine, this technology, this second self, the only way that we can, we can increase our humanness on this platform and to others is to first know who we are in, in physical space and physical time and getting in touch with that so that we then can properly, by, with that knowledge, properly impart that knowledge to the, to the machine, as it were. Does that make sense? It does. And, it does. I, and I, I, I wanted to, 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 to touch on your post just a little bit. Okay. I, I wanted to sort of when, uh, once I read it, I had a thought as a question that I wanted to ask you, and luckily enough, I'm, I can do that. Um, <laughs> you sp- you spoke a lot about if you were to delete yourself online, it wouldn't be too much of a worry because there's like all of these existential backups that are being taken. What if they weren't there? I mean, it, it, the idea of like you say, for example, if you were to get rid of the site. Google caches it. What if Google didn't cache it? Does that make a difference to how you feel about it? No, and I'll tell you why. Humans have cached it. Right. Okay. Everyone who's read the site has cached it. Whether they've done so consciously or subconsciously, they cached it. When you come to the site and you read and you form a position, whether it's for or against, it doesn't matter. You've read it and therefore you've cached it. You, you've taken that away with you. You know, my, my, my words don't just get cached by Google. They get cached by the 20,000 or so people who read the site every day. People that not only, not just link to it, people that comment on it, people that talk about it on podcasts. Yeah. And or, spread the word know, that way. Right. Or even, or even people who, you know, who just come and read something and say, oh, that's a neat tip or trick. I think I'll use that airplane mode the next time I'm having lunch with a friend. Yeah, and they never come back. But that's not the point. And they never come back, but that's not the point. They've already cached something that mattered to them and have walked away and are going to implement it in their life that may just change their game. And, and, and more importantly, when their friend sees them whip out their phone and put it into airplane mode and says, What's what's that? Yeah, I mean the internet is no matter which way you you cut it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 made of information, but more importantly, it's made of human beings. I mean, you've just made me think of something quite interesting um, as well in in the idea that you need to be considering. There's a lot of people talk about brand and stuff. Um, you need to consider that when you're looking at this cash that people will have so it's the things that they're going to take away from you 
So from yeah. your, you know, so from what you're about, I mean, it's something that people that read and listen um, to all the minimal Mac stuff. Something that I'm sure that they take away is it's not just about computing. No, don't let the no. name fool you. That's not what it's yeah. just. It's not all about that. And I no. think that that's important uh, for people to take that away from you. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, it's it's not just about computing. It's you know, it's about life in general and how one may want to decide to approach it or at least just some things to consider um, that may make your life a little bit easier and a little bit uh, more friction-free. And, you know, getting back to that point of erasing, um, uh, so everyone knows I'm, you know, I'm a, I have a consulting business, technical mm-hmm. consulting. Um, I have one particular client that I, I consider a close personal friend as well. Uh, she's almost, uh, you know, almost like an aunt to me. Um, yeah, I would say like a second mom, but she would kill me uh, and claim that she's not that old. Um, but I mean, we're we're very close, and and uh, and she helps me a lot when it comes to uh, new business ideas and things like that. Um, and uh, we were talking about backup and selling my, you know, my crash plan based backup uh, program that I have for my clients and how to sell that. And, um, and because she teaches sales, uh, she's very good at has some really great insights. And so we should, we're, we're role playing some of the scenarios, some of the sales scenarios, because, you know, that's what good sales trainers do is yep. they you know they role play a lot oh I um, <laughs> and uh yeah i'm sure you've had to do this at the bank and whatnot. yeah a few but, times um, um but we were role playing and she uh, she came back with one of the times with an argument that i just i didn't have an answer for mm. you know and uh and that was well you know, I didn't. I didn't back up before, and my hard drive crashed. And I lost everything, and that was a year ago. And I, I, I'm, I'm back up and running now. I just went out and got a new machine and just started over. Why, why should I care about backing up? Hmm. It's like, um, uh, in case it happens let's see. again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it didn't affect her negatively. It didn't, you know, she she sees no reason, like nothing was lost. As a matter of fact, in a lot of ways, she saw it as a relief. Wow, all that stuff I don't have to deal with. All that stuff I now wow. have an excuse for not getting done. You know? And the, so for, uh, to a certain extent, you know, she basically argued against my sale with freedom. And relief and joy. And frankly, there are a lot of days when I can't argue with that. Uh, as I said in the post, I think about the, the folks who, although Gmail is promising, Google's promising to restore all of the data that they've got backups on tapes and <laughs> things like that, and that, they're working to restore every, everything. About, you know, two hundredth of a percent, but, you know, still that's a large number, like 30,000 users woke up yesterday morning and found all of their Gmail email gone. Just gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's a certain part of me that's like, oh, what I would give to just wake up and find all of my email gone. Really, though? Would you... I mean, is that something... I, I wanted to touch on that before we wrap this up. All right. Is that... Well, I'm not saying we have to wrap up now. Is that something that you would... If, if you woke up... It, 
or if I said to you, Pat, um, sorry, I, I just did something and I've accidentally deleted everything. I mean, would you would you say screw you or thank you? Like, I mean, well, what, you know, how are you? How think, would you actually feel about that? I, I think it, uh, you know, I think it gets down more so to a question of control. Um, it's the difference between the choice being made for me and making the conscious choice to do so myself for reasons that are grounded in 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 my personal reality right okay um so one of the things that uh that I did yesterday uh shortly after writing that post was I had a folder in my Dropbox called archive that I kept all sorts of things in that I no longer needed presently, but might need to reference at some point in the future. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Another one of those maybe sort of sort of things that I was keeping around. Uh, that folder took up about a gig of space, and I'm still on the free plan. So uh, <laughs> that should tell you, you know, gigs matter, right? Yep. And so I decided you know what i'm just going to copy that to my to my drobo that's connected to the server and i'm going to delete it off of my off of my hard drive and out of my dropbox because there's no reason to keep it there because i'm not you know that's a maybe thing i don't know if i'll ever need that stuff i may never need it and realistically i should I should have date marked it and said, okay, I moved this on this date. And if I don't access this folder in two years or a year or six months or whatever, draw a line in the sand, delete it. No need for it. And if I ever have need for it again, guess what? I can restore a copy from Dropbox or I could restore a copy from Crash Plan. Okay. So in, in regards to email, because I think when we spoke about email um, a week, couple of weeks ago, we met. I meant. I think I mentioned email bankruptcy, and you said to me that, that that's always a bad idea, which I agree with. But in the in the essence that of the decision being made for you, it's not so bad because you've got somebody to blame. Yeah, I think I think in some ways, yeah. <laughs> I hate you to can say, say that. Yeah, I, I hate to I hate to have people say you know shirk their responsibilities about like that. But I mean, yeah, gosh, it'd be great to point to somebody else and say you know I can't. <laughs> I can't answer the the forty or fifty <laughs> or hundred or three hundred or whatever your reality is emails in my inbox uh, because uh, you know I, I lost everything and if it truly was important send it again otherwise consider it gone. Yeah, it's, it's much nicer to say Gmail screwed up than oh I've decided I'm just deleting everything. Sorry, <laughs> exactly. do a little bit more work. Exactly, but you know, then again, there's uh, you know, there's some some other ideas that kind of center around that. I I, I think of um, uh, um, oh, why is her name failing me right now? Uh, uh, she's a uh, one of the uh, one of the researchers at Microsoft Research. I have a tremendous amount of respect for her, uh, and of course, I cannot remember her name. Right that's how now much respect you have. Life. That's how much. That's that's how much respect I have. But you know, when you're doing these whole these podcast things, Your brain's too full up with everything. It, it really is. Uh, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but basically, whenever she goes on vacation, she sends out an uh, email to her uh, to her colleagues and and friends, and basically says. Um, 
while I'm away, any email you send will not only not get read when I get back, but it, it's it's going to be immediately deleted because I cannot go on vacation and have a vacation and enjoy a vacation knowing I'm just going to come back to a, an inbox that is overwhelmed with stuff that I, you know, that are going to make me wish that I'd never taken a vacation. Yeah. So just just if you have anything, either wait till this date to send it or consider it gone. Yeah, or find someone else to answer your question. I mean, that's, you know, I got to say, there's a lot of respect about that that take on it. Dana Boyd. As someone who... Uh, thank you, thank you, Dana Boyd. Yes, and she's she's just great, um, and she's she does a lot of interesting research. Uh, her field of research is actually uh, in uh, researching uh, teenagers and their use of social media. So she really is doing a lot of great scientifically based uh, research into into this subject, really into into. You know, basically how today's children and teenagers will have a very real uh, and fully fleshed out, quote unquote, second self, um, that they start building it almost immediately now, as soon as they pick up a computer, you know, and that, you know, and then before they're able to do so, their parents start doing it for them. I mean, I look at my daughter, right? My daughter has a Twitter account. My daughter has a blog. My daughter, my my daughter has, um, you know, has photos and pictures that are that are out there. Um, my daughter is three years old, so she my definitely isn't writing it herself. <laughs> well, she's she's not writing it herself, but I can tell you that. You know, though it is the blog, especially and the Twitter account too, are an exercise in comedy writing for me. That is very much based on her actual real personality. Yeah. Um, that that uh, that the second self that I have created for her is very much based on who she actually is, and that when she does get old enough to write and old enough to understand this stuff i highly suspect that the transition will be fairly you know it won't be completely transparent but it won't be completely opaque either <laughs> you know it'll be you know it'll it'll be kind of an extension of the who she is that i've already put out there and that's very much a reality for most for most teenagers today mm. and that they have a very um a very fluid line in a, uh, between their real life and who they really are and their second self and what they're putting out there online so much so that us parents and i know this having a 17 year old and a 20 year old as well cringe and so you can't say you have no idea. Employers look at this stuff and they're like, "So, it's who I am." Yeah. And so that linking it back—that's something that Amber Case talks about in regards to when she when she references the second self. Um, is that it's something that that young people online today they're constantly 
pruning it as if it's like a hygiene thing like you would shower or comb your hair you're yeah. constantly maintaining your online self and the, and yeah. how how you come off from that yeah well and and that um you know once again uh, and i really you know, I have to go back and stretch this as we wrap this up because this is has turned out to be the longest enough uh, we've recorded so far. Yeah. Huh? Um, well, because this stuff is, I, I really think it's, you know, when you're, we're talking about this stuff, I mean that this is this is this is pressing stuff, stuff that really matters, um, uh, that really is kind of the, you know, that we're at the dawn of a completely new future here that and and these tools have have evolved at such a rate i mean you know that they literally are being credited for revolutions yeah they're being you know the, the their ability to organize humans is being credited with overthrowing dictators and and you know and bringing bringing a voice to people who otherwise we never would have heard from nope and you can't even begin to imagine how unbelievably powerful that is and that how all of that is being driven by mobile phones, right? You know, like if you – there are many, many places in the world where people don't have a computer. The mobile phone is their computer. It is their only computer. Right, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and and even to the extent, you know, some places, you know, uh, you know, in third world countries where, like, they may not even have a pot to piss in, but they've mm-hmm. got, they've got a mobile phone for their family, yeah, and that's their family's access to information and communication and everything, um, and so. <sighs> Yeah, this stuff is incredibly powerful, incredibly important. We could talk on it for a very long time, as we have here. Um, but we we do have to remember that the only way to really understand and be present with what's happening out there is to get to know and be present with what's happening inside us. And the only way we can do that is to disconnect from those external inputs, to disconnect from those sideboard pieces, or at least just you know shut them down for for uh, for a time, and and really start to analyze this stuff. So I'm going to f- uh, forget that that phone is ringing. Consider it an alarm for us to end this discussion right here. <laughs> that wraps it up quite nicely. Thank you very much, Pat. I've really enjoyed this one. Uh, I have too. Thank you very much, Mike. And we'll talk later. Cheers, mate.